This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 727 with Rachel Luna. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 727. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Rachel Luna is the author of Permission to Offend and also the podcast host of the podcast Permission to Offend, as well as a highly sought after international speaker and certified master neuroscience coach to six and seven figure earning entrepreneurs. Named by Forbes as one of the 11 most inspiring female entrepreneurs to follow on Instagram, this former U.S. Marine has a reputation for inspiring confident action and helping her clients double, triple, and quadruple their income. Her clients often refer to her as their secret weapon. Rachel calls herself a magnet for miracles because despite losing both her parents to AIDS, struggling with eating disorders in her teens, and battling alcoholism and depression in her early 20s, Rachel has never allowed herself to be limited by life's circumstances. Instead, she persevered. And when she was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer in the summer of 2019, Rachel tackled it in the same way she does everything, with confidence, faith, and love. Standing only four feet, 11 inches tall, Rachel is a tiny but mighty firecracker who lights up the room and galvanizes her audiences all over the world. An international speaker, Rachel has been invited to share her powerful talks across the globe from the U.S. to Europe to Japan and has been featured in Forbes twice, The Huffington Post, Success Magazine and Latina Magazine, among many others. If you're ready to return to your truth, own it and live fully self-expressed without fear of judgment, rejection or defamation so that you can step into your next level of elevation. Rachel Luna is the girl you call. Oh my goodness. Rachel was mentioned to me at least 800 times by a friend of the show who's been on the show multiple times, Andrea Owen. And we were able to finally connect through some random Instagram messaging, um, which was pretty hilarious. And we connected and Rachel was so kind to immediately and eagerly say yes when I invited her to come on the show. And we have been kind of fangirling over each other's work since then. So I'm so excited to dig into this conversation. Listen in to hear Rachel share how she navigated her disappointment around motherhood and her struggle to bond with her daughters after their births, her decision to leave the U.S. Marines after becoming a mom, how she decided to become a life coach in her post-Marine life, how to acknowledge your big three fears around judgment, rejection, and defamation, 
how to create strategies to be ready to offend. This is some good stuff, especially for those of you who are people pleasers and might also carry some imposter syndrome. She also then digs into how to use curiosity as the key to clarity and how to engage in thoughtful but hard conversations with, of course, permission to offend. I know you're going to love this conversation. Rachel said, like she said, she's tiny but mighty, and you are going to hear that in every single word that she says. She oozes in mightiness, and I cannot wait for you to listen in on this conversation. So with all that, please join me in welcoming Rachel Luna to the Shameless Mom Academy. Rachel, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I am equally excited. Oh my goodness. I have to tell people, I love telling people kind of how interviews come to life. So you, your name has been familiar to me for quite some time. You're actually like on this list on my wall of like guests that need to be on the show. And, but in spite of that, I hadn't reached out to you. And then you reached out to me via Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, she like, she's heard of me. She's seen anything I do in the world. Like I was so excited. And we also have mutual And we have the mutual connection of Andrea Owen, who's how I heard about all of your amazingness. So I love Andrea. So shout out to Andrea. Yes. Book just re-released. Yes. Yes. To her. Yes. Yes. Her book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, just re-released, which I think is a good book to re-release at the beginning of a new year. I would agree. (laughs) At the beginning of a new year after the last three years that we've had. You know, I talk to people and they're like, wait a second, how could it be 2023? I'm still recovering from 2020. 100%, 100%. I want you to tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. And you have a book coming or that just came out yesterday. So tell us about the book as well. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait, my personal professional beyond the bio. Okay. Personally, I have never felt more fulfilled than I do right now. And that is such a stark difference to what my whole life has been. And, you know, from the bio, you you have the parents with the AIDS and then the cancer and the alcohol, all the things. And that's not to say that I haven't had a great life because despite those setbacks, I think that I've had a wonderful life. But in 2022, so much transformed within me that I can look back at that year and say it was the most fulfilling year. Mm. And I think, I don't think I know Sarah that it was the most fulfilling year because I literally embodied everything that I write in my book, permission to offend. And here's the thing. While I was writing the book, there was this one moment where I am sitting at this very desk that you and I are chatting on and my chest felt so tight. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Like you have a deadline, you have to get something done, but you just can't breathe. You can't move forward. I had the worst writer's block Mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out what the hell is wrong with me. Like, this is my life's work. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. And then it hit me. I am writing a book called Permission to Offend. And this is the chapter about having hard conversations with the people that you love and care about. And I have been avoiding having a hard conversation with my husband Mm. and I cannot move forward with this book because I'm so out of alignment and I'm so out of an integrity with the embodiment of my work. So Mm. I push my chair back and I stop. Yeah. I'm a fiery little Puerto Rican. Okay. (laughs) Anybody couldn't tell from my New York accent, <laughs> which I don't think I have, but people say I have. So I stomp my little fiery Puerto Rican butt over to my husband's office. And I say to him, I react. I don't respond. I have a big reaction. And I say, I have writer's block right now. And there is no way I'm going to be able to finish this book and help everyone speak up and own their truth. And I'm not even speaking up and owning my own truth in my own damn house. Like, I mean, I'm just... And then I just stopped and I said, I'm sorry, that was an overreaction, (laughs) but I do want to talk to you because I am hurt Mm -hmm. and I feel rejected. And I know that my feelings are not facts, but I'm telling myself a lot of stories and I really need to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And so we talked and we cried and it was a very difficult conversation, but it was so necessary and it was so freeing. And I do have to preface this by saying that this is not the first hard conversation my husband and I have had. We've been together 
about 15 years now, married. Mm -hmm. This will be our 14th year of marriage. And we've really been through the storm. Mm. And if I had not done the work that I teach in this book, number one, I wouldn't have been able to have that conversation at all. Number two, I would have continued to sweep these problems under the rug. And I believe that one of the reasons why I was diagnosed with breast cancer in the first place was because I wasn't living up to my truth. Mm -hmm. I was bottling up things inside. And there are actual studies that show that stress contributes to cancer Mm -hmm. and not speaking up contributes to cancer and holding things in because the body has no place to go Mm -hmm. with all this stress coupled with poor diet and bad sleeping habits and environmental toxins. And it's, you know, perfect storm. So I will say when you ask me about my personal and professional we did have a 56% growth professionally. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Since 2020, I would like, we're almost at 300% growth, which <gasps> amazing. Amazing. And by the way, I feel like I've done less and less each year this year. I'm like, I better ramp it up again, but it's not the money that has made this year feel so fulfilling. It's that I have owned every part of who I am. And I have not apologized for who I am. Not one time. I've had very difficult conversations with people. I've had conversations with people who have differing opinions. And guess how those conversations ended, Sarah? How? Great. Right? Great. I mean, listen, I didn't change my opinion and they didn't change their opinion. But the fact that we were able to even talk about it without... Mm -hmm fighting or disavowing ourselves from one another. It's been amazing. Oh my gosh. I have to ask when you find yourself in a situation where you're like, huh, I need to take my own tools and implement them to do the hard work. Does that make you mad? <laughs> like I get really like, uh, like the coach having to coach yourself. And I've had a lot of those moments in 2022, actually, where I would in the middle of my workday be mad that I was having to use my own tools. And like, I'm always trying to reframe that as like, I'm so grateful I have these tools. And also I'm so mad. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> like I'm so mad. I have to go have the hard conversation. Like, I wish I could just ignore it and make it go away. Yeah, like, why can't there. I just have mastered this already? Why can't right. I just not ever have this problem? Yeah. And yeah. I'm teaching it to everyone else. Right. And listen, so I don't get mad, but I do get that feeling of, oh, damn. So I don't get mad. I get disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel disappointment that even though I am a master at what I teach, mm-hmm. the masters still need to practice. Right. Oh, that's what that yeah. I think that's the part that's frustrating to me where I'm like, I like, haven't I put in my 10,000 hours? Like, can I yeah. not have to do, but nope. It's like, you're never there. Like you've never arrived. It's never, a, there's no final destination, which is like amazing and most magical thing. And also the hard thing. Yeah. Why well, we say death is the final destination. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not over. So you have no more breath Yeah. and that, okay. Then you could call it quits, but you know, for me, I have this belief and I heard it from, I went to a conference and I don't remember if it was Dr. Galena White or Dr. Faith Wakoma. It was one of those two women, but they said, you have to be the first partaker of your offering. Mm, And I really took that to heart of like, oh, if I'm teaching my clients to journal, I have to journal and and not just journal, but I have to do it the way that I teach it. You know what? Sarah, I'll tell you, this is embarrassing, but whatever, shameless, let's go in. <laughs> there was this moment where I wasn't seeing the results that I was used to seeing. I wasn't seeing breakthroughs. I wasn't seeing manifestation. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And meanwhile, my clients in my faith activated program were having breakthrough manifestation, record-breaking months, record-breaking, you know, just left and right and media and this and that. And I'm like, I'm happy for them because that's what I want right? Mm -hmm. As a coach, as a mama, you want your clients and your babies to go out there and soar and surpass you and do these great things. But also my ego was like, girl, how are you not leading the pack? How are you back in the rear? And I realized like, oh, well, I haven't been journaling. Mm. Like I haven't been doing the work that I'm telling them to do. Yeah. So it's not, you're not an imposter. You're just out of alignment. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said yeah. to get back into alignment and just say, you know, we are all students. Absolutely. Masters practice. That's what makes them yes. smart. Oh, yes. Yes. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. We're all on a path to mastery. And I think that I don't want that word to be intimidating or feel unattainable to people. I think that we're all on a path to mastery. And that looks like a lot of different things. And you can be like heading straight for the top, or you can be like on a little detour, or you can be at a pit stop and like all those things count. And I think whether we're talking about like the road through motherhood or a professional track or a creative endeavor or whatever, I'll get to be on that path of mastery. And I think embracing that that's what it is gives us so much power. And I want to dig in a little bit too, because I know we're going to get into permission to offend, which I'm so excited about because I was like, I feel like this book was like made for this show. But I want to, before that, talk a little bit about motherhood for you, because I think when we look at trajectories and whether it's a traditional path or a non-traditional path, there's always expectations and assumptions that we make. And we think we can do things in a certain way and get a certain outcome and results. And sometimes we feel like we've earned that too. Like I did these things in a certain order and like society says that that should yield this certain outcome. So can you talk a little bit about your entry into motherhood? Because I sense that from what you've shared with me, so pushing record that you had some expectations around motherhood as many of us do. And they were unmet, shall we say? So can oh, you talk about it? You're, you're being so kind about it. <laughs> and I'm going to be shameless. I'm going to yeah, tell please, you. Please dig motherhood in. Motherhood 
was a disappointment to me. Mm. Thank and you for saying I, that out loud. Yeah. And I think people don't say it out loud enough. And mm. so I had a lot of guilt and shame because first of all, you know what I was sold? I was sold this dream that when you have your baby, you're going to look down at it and you're going to feel this love that you've never felt before. And your heart is going to explode. and You're going to be in the greatest love of, of your life. Yeah. And I did not feel that. I looked, I had my baby in Germany and in Germany, you are part of the delivery process. I don't know how they do babies here in the, in the United States, but you literally, they tell you reach down and grab. And so you pull your own baby out. Okay. How could that not be the most incredible experience? Yeah. So I pull this baby out and I look at her and I put her on my chest and I look at my friend, my husband and I were not married at the time. We were both Marines. He, the commanding officer wanted to see him. So he was gone. Thank God. My friend Rhiannon, shout out to Burns. So Rhiannon was there and I look at her and I say, I'm never doing this again. And then I looked at the baby and I, she didn't look like me. She didn't look anything like me. And I was, I looked at her hands and her hands didn't look like my hands. And I was like, well, whose hands are these? And I said, I thought to myself, if I had not pulled you out myself, I would think they gave me a different baby. Like, where's my baby? Cause I don't feel anything. Right. Then I felt guilty for not feeling mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. A couple of days after she was born, they're doing the APGAR test. Mm -hmm. And we noticed that she has this like growth. Something was not right. And they thought it was a tumor. And we thought like she born with cancer. So they take her away from me. They put her in the NICU. They bring her back and she's got the tube up the nose and the IV in the forehead. And I have this moment and I look down at her and I say, it's just me and you kid. Cause remember I wasn't married at the time. So I didn't know if my husband was going to stick around. Mm. He hadn't given me any signs that he wasn't, but I just didn't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at her and I say, it's just you and me kid. And I did not feel the love that they told me I'd feel, but I felt a great sense of responsibility and protection. I am everything you just said was, I relate related to. And my mom gave me this, like, I was very nervous about pain during childbirth. I had a home birth, which is a whole long <laughs> side story where I pulled the baby out, which any strange, surreal experience that I, if I was going to have a second, I was like, I'm going to a freaking hospital. But <laughs> anyway, so, but I, my mom was like, you're going to immediately forget about the pain. Cause you're going to immediately just feel this like overwhelming, unconditional love. And mm -hmm. I remember the next morning, so my son was born at almost midnight. I remember the next morning being with him in bed and it was not, it didn't feel like unconditional love. It felt like fierce protection mm -hmm. and massive responsibility, but it didn't feel like and I could very much still remember the pain of childbirth. Like I was like, I now just have a really big job ahead of me. And yeah. that didn't mean I didn't love him, but it wasn't this like overwhelming, like that took time. And it took like months before I was like, oh, okay. Now this is the unconditional love part versus like the fierce protector part. Well, that's interesting. I'm so happy for you that it only took a few months because it took years for me. Mm -hmm. So I had this baby. Now, by the way, it's not that I didn't love her because I did. She was a cutie. She was fun. But I didn't feel that take your breath away. Yeah. Nothing in the world matters. Love that I was sold yeah. by everyone. One. Yeah. And then 23 months later, I had my second baby. And I remember being pregnant with this baby and thinking like, this one's going to be different. Like, I'm going to love this one. The delivery. And by the way, my first delivery was very traumatic. So I thought my second delivery is going to be a breeze, which it was. That kid came out in less than 45 minutes, a <laughs> couple pushes. It was totally fine. No epidural, nothing. And again, same thing. I grabbed the kid. I look at her. Now she looks exactly like my husband. So I'm like, well, I know this one is ours. <laughs> like me. And I thought, oh, another one that doesn't look like me. Mm. Well, I know I have to protect you too. So I'll take you home with me. Right. Like it was one of the. <laughs> You're going to come with me now, kid. And it wasn't that I didn't love her. But once again, where was this beautiful, break yeah. your heart, make you want to cry love? Nowhere to be found. Yeah. And it actually took years mm. before I felt that I love you so much that the idea of not having you 
makes me want to crawl into a ball and just mm-hmm. not get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Sarah, but I had severe postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. I was just functioning really well because I have already had such a traumatic background. I had such a traumatic childhood that this trauma was just another thing that I was compartmentalizing. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went into some intense therapy with EMDR that things on, you know, were unearthed. And here was the kicker in all of that. When my kids are 23 months, no, when my oldest daughter was two years old and my other baby was three months old, I decide I'm going to start this business. So, cause I wanted my identity, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as I had the kids, I had no identity. Yeah. Before I had the kids, I was in the Marine Corps and my identity was Staff Sergeant Rodriguez. Then I had the kids and I got married and now I was Rachel Luna, mother, housewife, homemaker, titles that I didn't want. And so I had to, I decided I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to make a name for myself. Like I'm going to have my own life. And when I was doing that, I tried to be the class mom for the kindergarten and the first grade. I tried to be in the PTA, but these moms and I had nothing in common. They loved being a mom and they were shocked that I would want anything for myself to the point that one mom, I'll never freak, man, I want to punch her right in her mouth so bad. (laughs) Because she said to me, at this point, the girls are like five and three six and four, something like that. And she says, your children are starving for your attention. Mm. And I thought, no, they're not. I play with them. I bake things, even though I hate the freaking mess that they make that nobody's <laughs> helping me clean up. I buy them all the toys. Like you don't even know in my mind, I'm getting yeah. taken really personally. And then I started thinking and I said to her, well, we just have different parenting styles. Because you do everything for your children and one day those children are going to leave. And then what will you have? You see, I know that this assignment motherhood, like being a mom is a forever job, but actually being responsible for them is a temporary position. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Don't want to happen is 18 years from now, these girls leave me to go have their own life. And I didn't live my life. Right. 100%. That was really, those were the early days of permission to offend. I just didn't know it. Yeah. So you already started kind of digging into it. Can you talk about how you decided to make that transition from U.S. Marine to Mm -hmm. life coach? And it sounds like that really happened with like motherhood being kind of the line of demarcation where you left one identity behind and started out on another. And I want to also acknowledge like leaving the role of U.S. Marine as a woman, mm-hmm. as a Puerto Rican woman, like, oh my gosh, that's a big thing to leave behind. It was like, I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. I loved being a Marine. I loved my job. And honestly, if I hadn't gotten pregnant, I would have stayed in. I probably would have done a full 20. But at that time, I was already nine and a half years in And as I mentioned before, my husband and I were not married. So there was no legal obligation for the Marine Corps to station us together. And my orders were coming, like my term was coming up to an end. And I had to make the decision. I'm either going to stay in and be shipped off back to the United States, or I can get out, get a work visa and, you know, take a job here in Germany and stay with my husband. And so I chose my family and I chose my husband, I chose my daughter and That was a great idea. Now, concurrently, while I was in the Marine Corps, I was studying to be a life coach. I had already been fascinated. I had already hired a life coach to help me. That's a whole other traumatic side story that we don't even need to walk down. I think I mentioned it in the book. So if anybody's interested in reading, you can have fun with that. But I already knew I wanted to be a life coach. I just didn't know how or when I was going to get started. So when I left the Marine Corps, I went to work as a civilian for the army. So Mm -hmm. I still had a little bit of identity because I was working. But when we moved to Japan and now I didn't have a job, I had these two kids. There were jobs on base. But listen, Sarah, call me bougie, call me high maintenance, whatever. (laughs) I'm not getting out of bed for 
earnings that I'm only going to give to the daycare. Mm-hmm. That, that didn't make any kind of sense to me. And that those were the only kind of jobs available on the island. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to start my business and see what happens. And that was the best time ever. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what failure feels like. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So, and I've I've always been, you know, pretty brave. I've always been one of the type of people that's like, well, let's just try it and see what happens. And then, you know, after a while you get beaten down and you get a lot of no's and you don't even realize what a fool you're making of yourself. But the here's the cool thing. You think you're making a fool of yourself nobody even notices. Like people are not paying attention to you the way you think that they're paying attention to you. Right. Yet we, as a society struggle, I talk about the big three in the book, fear of judgment, rejection, and defamation. Like we have these intense fears of that. And what I say is people are going to judge you no matter what, excuse me, they're going to judge you if you do exactly what they want you to do. They're going to judge you if you do it your way. They're going to judge you if you, you know, veer off the path. So you might as well just do it your way and let them judge you. The other thing I say, Sarah, is that if you're judging me, I have your attention. Yeah. I have an opportunity. I have an opportunity to teach you, inspire you, educate you, maybe take a, a loss for you. And then hopefully I've done or said something that will inspire you to ignite a conversation with me. And then maybe you can teach me something about yourself. And now we have this community and connection and Mm -hmm. it all starts because I'm willing to be judged by you. So judge away. When you just said those big three fears that I was like frantically typing for future reference, I am curious for our like rhetorical question for our listeners, but if anyone else's like stomach kind of like knotted up because it like hit so close to home or like right in the face, like, oh yeah judgment, rejection, and defamation. Are you kidding me? Like that is exactly what we all are either actively running away from in many cases, or like always tiptoeing around. Yeah. Well, think about it. We live in a society right now where you better, Sarah, not for nothing. I perceive you to be a white woman. Is that correct? A white gender woman. Yep. Girl, you are not allowed to say nothing. Yes. Right? Correct. Is that how oh, you- yeah. Like I'm well aware of how careful I need to be and the responsibility that like comes with the privilege that I yeah. carry. Um, Look, yeah. Now, now you're tiptoeing about how to respond to me. I feel <laughs> it. I feel the tiptoe. Well, here, plot twist. I don't think that that's fair. And I am mm. a woman of color. Okay. I am a Puerto Rican woman of color, but I'm light. I'm white passing. So I have not had the same experiences as some of my cousins who are, you know, copper colored or dark brown or even black. So in my family, we literally have all the colors of the rainbow, but I don't think it's fair that you as a white woman are being told to sit down, shut up. You're not allowed to have an opinion, a thought, and for damn sure, don't even ask a question and don't make me have, um, do any emotional labor for you. I really look at permission to offend as like the antidote to cancel culture. Mm, love that. Just don't think that we get to create community and connection if we can't have hard conversations yeah. together. Yeah. And by the way, how else are we going to learn if we don't educate each other? This mm. is where I think, and I talk about this in the book, having boundaries matters because look, you might let's just say you're asking me like 10 questions a day. Rachel, tell me about the Puerto Rican experience. And what do Puerto Ricans think? And what do, and can I touch your hair? Okay. At that point, I'm going to be like, Sarah, girl, <laughs> you, okay. You're, you're doing too much and you're trying to get me to do too much. So I'm going to mm-hmm. put a, a boundary here. Mm-hmm. Here are a couple of books, go read the books, then come back to me with the <laughs> I'd have. Right. Right. And if you ask me too many questions, I might say time is money, honey. Let me go ahead and send you this invoice. Just like I would to a client who is trying to get extra coaching that they didn't pay for. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that that having that kind of a boundary is totally fine. But this idea that you can't say anything and God forbid you have a human moment where you ask a question and you phrased it wrong and now we cancel you. What the hell? No, 
Yeah. No, yeah. we will never advance. In my opinion, we will never advance to unity because mm-hmm. we're going to keep advancing technologically. That's going to happen. Yeah. AI is already here, yeah. but we're going to grow apart as humanity. If we don't learn how to start having these tough conversations with compassion and empathy and grace mm-hmm. for getting it wrong. Okay. So let's go to strategy then. Cause I love like everything you just said. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And I know people listening. I'm just guessing that a whole bunch of moms who are listening to this just had this like bit of an exhale, like, oh, okay. Like I don't have to always get it hundred percent. Right. Like there can be some room to mess it up and recover from that. So what are three, I know you have three strategies that you give folks so that we can be ready to quote unquote offend. I give three. Do I, I thought there were like seven or nine. Listen, there's so much in this book. Give a couple. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just tell you off the top of my head. If someone's like, Hey, I'm about, I need to have this tough conversation. So the first thing that I will say is consider the audience. So who are you speaking to? Is it a family member, a really good friend, a client, or a stranger? Mm. First thing. The second thing is consider the impact, the intention, the impact, and the outcome. So let's just keep it on the race talk right now because you're white and I'm not. And that's probably like one of the harder conversations. So say, for example, you want to talk to me about your opinion about, or gender. That's a big one. Let's say you want to talk to me about, you know, gender issues. You could first say, Hey, Rachel, I am really curious. And I think I might say some things that are not going to be socially correct or acceptable. Cause I just don't know. in my ignorance, can you and I have a safe conversation where it's okay for me to mess up? And just so that I can get a better understanding of race, of religion, of gender. Right there, you know whether or not you can have a safe conversation yeah. because you neutralize the area. And now you're disarming. Yes, you're disarming everybody because I just went through this with my cousin the other day. My cousin is super, super, super progressive. And I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, right? I'm, I have some conservative opinions. And I have some super progressive opinions. We're talking about something and she is getting hot. (laughs) And I say to her, cause it looks like you're getting angry. We don't have to keep talking about this if it's going to upset you right there. Give them the out. Yeah. So I always say to people, seek to understand the other person before you try to be understood. Because if Mm. I'm trying to understand you, right? I'm trying to understand you and you're trying to understand me. What are we doing better? We're each listening more intently. So no one is talking over the other person. We're not fighting to be right in our story. We're really leaning in to understand. Mm. Let me give you one more example. Let's say you posted something on social media. You took a stand. You have a conviction. You believe in it. Can I talk about religion really quickly? Is that okay? Sure. Or yeah, yeah, of course. All right. Yeah. Okay. Me personally, Christian, God girl, love the Lord. Do I agree with everything in the Bible? Listen, there are some Bible verses when I'm like, come on, God, why'd you do that? <laughs> you didn't, God, you didn't really, not you, God, not you, Lord. <laughs> this must be King James. King James <laughs> is because I can't even believe that you, my Lord and Savior, would say this kind of tomfoolery. Okay. Right, right. But at the end of the day, my conviction is I love God. Jesus is my personal Savior. I believe he died on the cross, all the Christian, yada, yada, yada. So one day I make this post and I wrote, if only people would turn to God, the creator, the way they turn to the universe he created. Oh, people were hot. <laughs> Ooh, I lost like a thousand followers that day. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one woman wrote, I just lost all respect for you. Wow. I have never felt so misunderstood in my life mm. up until that point. 
And the good thing is that I was already leaning into this permission to offend work. And I had already decided like what I believe and what I stand for. So I am totally fine when people do not agree with my belief system. I'm totally fine if they have a different perspective. I'm not here to proselytize to anyone, but I'm not going to not speak my truth because I'm afraid you're going to think I'm proselytizing to listen. If you think I'm proselytizing, ask me. And that's what I want to really leave our listener is get curious. Curiosity is the key to clarity. Mm -hmm. Ask me, what did you mean by that? Well, I'll tell you what, if you ask me, I'll tell you what I meant. The world, according to my beliefs, is that God created the universe. I will ask you, do you believe that? Do you believe in God? No, I don't believe that. I don't believe in God. Then I will say, oh, interesting. Tell me what you believe in. Why do you believe that? Where do you see evidence of that in your life? That's cool. You know how many conversations I've had with atheists, with Hindus and Muslims? And when you are genuinely curious in who someone is and why they are the way that they are and what they think you don't have to agree on the same. And that's the seeking to understand. That's the seeking to understand. Which, yeah. Yeah, it is fine. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earn In can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. I love... The I talk a lot about curiosity in the show, like within the Shameless Mom Academy. I think that getting curious can be such a way to disarm people when there's potential for conflict or just comfort. And so I love, I 100% agree. I also think that when you use curiosity to seek to understand before needing to be understood, you create space for such a different experience for yourself and for another person. I also want to acknowledge as an extrovert with anxiety, and I know that that's relatable to so many of our listeners, not just to me personally, 
that we sometimes as extroverts with anxiety, we want to like immediately explain ourselves and over explain ourselves and give a lot of like, no, but blah, blah, blah around like what our intentions were or whatever. And that like sitting down, shutting up and listening, which not because we're not going to state our case and not because we're not going to at some point stand up for ourselves or our beliefs or whatever, but just like listening and internalizing without preparing your rebuttal at all times is is a huge skill set. And when we, you know, we started this conversation talking about like this path toward mastery and like, which has no final destination. That is one of the things that you practice on this road to mastery. And it's really, for me, it's really hard. And it's also the thing that like creates the most space for growth. Mm. You know, it's interesting because I would pair that with listening to understand, not listening to respond. Yeah, 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 yeah being an observer of what's happening, taking it in, processing. The other thing I talk about in the book are judgments. And I talk about how judgments are, the first judgment is automatic. And there are many studies that point to that. So our brain makes a judgment call on the person eight seconds before we can even see who they are to recognize whether we know them or not. Okay. That first judgment is automatic. The second judgment is a choice. Mm. So let's say, for example, okay, listener, hot button. Okay. Just you're walking down the street. What is the famous stereotype? You see a person of color, you cross the street. Why do you do that? Because you saw some movie, you know, you watched whatever the Michelle Pfeiffer movie was back when we were kids. And that's Mm. what you're supposed to do or whatever, some programming. Well, then you get to think for a moment and say, wait a second, why did I just do that? No, this is, that's a horrible way to think about it. I don't even know this person. I'm going to cross back just to make sure that this person knows or feels safe and seen and and whatever. So I think that that might be an extreme example, but give yourself the permission to actually have a moment and say, wait a second. Do I really think that is that true for me? Or is that what I've been conditioned and programmed to believe? Right. Right. And catching yourself in those moments. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's the word. Absolutely. We all have bias. We all have bias. Okay. I'm going to put myself on the firing line right now, but I'm okay to do that because this is my work and I want to model the behavior. And I'm hoping that as our listeners are hearing me, you can understand my heart. But I just want to share with you where I've worked on judgments. So I come from a very traditional, conventional Puerto Rican family. First of all, you can't be gay. Don't even speak about that. You can't be trans- transgender. Oh my God. You know, we like a whole thing. We don't talk about it. Even if you are, even if everyone knows we don't talk about it. Right. Mm. Luckily my mom has never been like that. So imagine one person in your family being super tolerant and accepting, but then when you go around other people, you have to change your way of being right. These are the that you have to put on. I talk about the offender identity types in the book. So when things began changing and we're like, now talking about our pronouns and are you a he, a she, a they, uh, whatever. Initially, I was like, this is too much. We're doing too much. These are my initial automatic thoughts where we're doing too much. You're not going to get me to co-sign on they, them, her. I'm a girl. You can look at me and see it, right? But where did that come from, Sarah? That came from my programming, my ignorance, my background, the fear that I had that if I supported or if I spoke up, the repercussions that would have. And so I caught myself having those thoughts. And then I I was like, wait a second, but why do I think that? Why can't I be okay with that? If someone wants to be called a they, why can't I call them a they? What does it cost me? What does it take away from my life to just love them as they are? And plot twist, Rachel Luna, you that call yourself a Christian, you that say that you want to be the love and represent the love of God, how dare you not love them as they are? Mm -hmm. Because that's the real biblical truth. Take away everything else, you know, and people are like, well, 
you know, we're judge. No, there's something called righteous judgment. I'm talking to the Christians right now, real fast. So excuse me. <laughs> you got a couple of mix, right? So, so there's something called righteous judgment. Mm. And there's a, I want to hear about this. Tell me about okay. the righteous judgment. Cause I have an idea in my head. So I'm going to hear what you get. Okay. So first of all, fun fact, if I, as I, as a Christian should not even be bothering to call out non-Christians on their quote unquote bad behavior. Why? Cause they don't believe. So why am I going to fight with them to believe something that they don't believe in? Why am I going to try to hold them to a standard that they don't believe in? That's biblical, by the way, y'all go and look it up for yourself. Don't trust me. Don't, you know, trust, but verify. That's what I want to say. Do trust me, but verify, go do your own work. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, we are supposed to hold each other accountable to uh, maintain the laws of the Bible, but there's something called righteous judgment. First thing that you're supposed to do is take the splint out of your own eye. So before you call anybody to high court, you need to make sure that you have repented, that you have made right, that you are in good standing with the Lord. First of all, then the righteous judgment, and I want to say this is in Matthew, but again, trust, but verify is you go to the person in private. So we see a lot of Christians calling each other out on social media and be a real big, bad, tough keyboard warriors. Uh -uh. (laughs) You're out of order. You're not operating from the good book. Have you read it lately? Probably not. Okay. So you're supposed to go privately to your brother and sister and say, brother, sister, are you okay? Because you've been doing this and you know that the word of God says that. Can I help you? Then if they rebuke you, then you bring someone else from the church still in private. You have another conversation. And then if you rebuke you, then and only then do you have like an intervention? Do you put them on front street? Do you say like, hey, you call yourself a Christian. You're not living according to those words. We came to you in private. We, all of us that came to you have been correct. Look, but do people even take the time to understand the laws that they're trying to uphold? No, they don't. And that's not just Christian specific. In my opinion, that's us in society. We're real quick to start calling out laws, but we don't understand all the bylaws and the little fine print of the laws. Okay. I'm off my soapbox. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. such a great little tangent. And I just, so much of what you were saying just makes me, it's such a great reminder of like, what are our intentions when we set out to pass judgment, when we set out to weaponize someone else's words or thoughts or like, there's just so much in there that's like wrapped up in our own ego where we just need to check ourselves and then be able to show up with some curiosity, as we've said, listening, compassion, empathy. And that doesn't mean that we let people go do harm and be reckless and ignore it, but it means that we like challenge ourselves to dig a little deeper before we go into that place of judgment. A hundred percent. I want you to tell people who is the book for, obviously a book called permission to offend is for all shameless moms, but tell people (laughs) who is the book for. And I also think you have some resources or some free tools you wanted to point our listeners to as a kind of stepping stone into the book as well. Can you? Yes, absolutely. So the first thing I would invite you to do is to, of course, buy the book at permission to offend.com. There are some bonuses that come along with it. If you're still like, eh, I don't know about this girl. And you want to kind of step into my world. You can subscribe to my podcast, permission to offend. And then we also have the offense capacity quotient quiz, which we didn't get to talk about, mm. but you can go to permission to offend.com forward slash quiz and take the quiz to see where you stack up who this book is for. This book is for anyone that really truly believes in community and connection and making an impact in the world aligned to your truth. If you have ever felt the fear of judgment, rejection, or defamation, right? So what are they going to think? What are they going to do? And who are they going to tell? Then this book is for you. If you are someone who is already ultra confident, you do what you say you want to do, you, you have no shame whatsoever, then I would encourage you to still get the book read it, and then make sure that you are passing on the wisdom to your clients, to your closest friends. You be the movement leader, because I really do believe that if we can get on board with this, we are going to grow together. And then love that. I so appreciate 
the idea of using the book as a resource for learning, but also using the book as a resource for leading. I think that both of those are so important. I want to ask for the quiz, what can one expect to learn about themselves in the quiz? Oh, because I'm so intrigued. Yes. Okay. So with the quiz, you are going to learn how tolerant you are of actually being offended because I'm like already having heart palpitations. So here's the thing. If you struggle with getting offended easily, then it's probably very hard for you to actually full out speak your truth because you are afraid you're going to offend. Oh, now I want to give you permission to offend. So good. So good. Because so many women are conditioned to be people pleasers that like initial, like clenching, like, oh my gosh, I might offend someone is just so instinctual, I think. So I want people to go take the quiz because I want them to like learn more about themselves. And I know that will quickly and easily lead them right into the book. So for folks who are wanting to use the book for learning and use the book for leading, I want them to go to permission to offend.com, get the book, definitely start listening to Rachel's podcast, subscribe. I'm assuming you're on all podcast platforms. Yes. All the So wherever you're listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, you can go listen to Permission to Offend. And then Rachel, tell us how you are currently showing up as a shameless mom. Well, I don't have a bra on right now. <laughs> and we talked about that before I hit the recording. I know. Oh my gosh. And we have to like paint the picture that you look so stinking adorable. You're in this like really cute, like pink silk sleeveless top. Like you could go like rock a stage right now. And then you're like, Oh, let me show you. I'm not wearing a bra. I have a dog on my lap. I'm in leggings. <laughs> I'm in like, and not just leggings. I'm in like the scruffiest, roughiest <laughs> leggings. Okay. But no, but for real, how I'm being a shameless mom is I am taking control and owning my identity without the roles and responsibilities that have been assigned to me imposed upon me or that I've taken on. And I love that. That's where the freedom resides. I love it so much. Oh my goodness. Rachel, this has been so fun. So enlightening. I so appreciate the work that you're doing. I'm really, really delighted for you for this book. And I always tell people after they write a book and come on the show, when you write the next book, you have to come back and talk about that book. So no pressure. I'm not going to give you a deadline or anything, but whenever, whenever the next book comes out, I'm ready for you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sarah, but I will take you up on that. Okay. Okay, great. And I'm so glad we got to meet and connect in person. I'm going to like go cross your name off of my list of dream guests, put a little check mark done next to it. Thank you, Rachel, for being here. I'm so grateful for you for the work that you're doing and huge, huge congratulations on the book. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Have a great one. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
feel like you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.